Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, this is a big night, the uh, State of the Union addressed by the president. And just as I'm starting my show at this moment, I assume the uh, whoever the keeper of the gate is in the United States Congress is yelling out, the president of the United States. I have always found that an exciting moment. I don't care who the president was. To me, that was very exciting. Uh if you miss my show tonight, I understand. You can always pick up the archive version. Uh, I don't know who's going to be more interesting, but I think the world's waiting to hear what Donald Trump's going to say. Uh, I will say this. I'm disappointed in him so far. I hope he can do better. I don't know how he can. He's such a divisive person. Having said all that, let me start. I'm going to start with a quote by Abraham Lincoln, which I think fits our nation, and our time. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroy ourselves. I repeat, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. My friends, that is what Washington is today. And that is what is happening to us. Moving on, I want to talk about election meddling. You're going to find some of the things I'm going to share with you interesting. And how presidential politics, the competition, uh, how it's handled in some countries. Let's start first with Russia. Now, we know unquestionably, no one seems to dispute it except perhaps Donald Trump, that Russia has meddled with our election in 2016. Uh, It's wrong. What they did is absolute wrong. It's cyber warfare. You just can't do this to a nation. But I've got to tell you something. Vladimir Putin is running for president this year in uh, Russia. He is running on March 18th. That's the election date, March 18th in Russia, okay? And you know what he came out with yesterday? He said that the United States is meddling with the Russian election, okay? That we are doing, we are screwing up their uh, social media, etc. We're interfering. We're trying to influence their election. I have to laugh. This is the pot calling the kettle black. Moving on, Israel. Israel is not the good guy it used to be. I mean, for years, we all pulled for Israel. I can remember uh, when uh, they became a nation. They they got their independence. It, it was a glorious evening, and that's when the war started with the Arabs. But uh, it was a big deal, and the support of the United States was a big deal. Uh, they've always been 
I've always admired Israel. That they've had a hard time. That they built a great nation out of nothing, out of desert and so forth. Uh, they protected themselves. I remember it was the Six Day War. They beat the shit out of the Egyptians and everybody else. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and you have to respect what they have accomplished, what they have achieved. But they're guilty of duplicity today, in my opinion. The same type of duplicity as Putin and Russia, and in many instances now, uh, Donald Trump and the United States. I have to put it that way. Israel is getting into the propaganda business via social media also. They're getting into our news feed. This is part of the Netanyahu program, and I don't like him. Uh, I don't like him because when he came and spoke before Congress at the invitation of Congress, first time it ever happened that way, you come to the United States as the head of one nation at the invitation of the head of our nation, uh, which would have been Obama at the time. And he insulted Obama by doing that. He, he's a, I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's changing and turning, too. Now, they are behaving just like Russia when it comes to social media. This has just come out. Their goal, the goal of Israel, is to flood the Internet. They are getting into a propaganda war. With us, though, they want to elect those people who will be helpful to them. That's good and fine. Influence those people. But don't influence me and you and the citizens via the social media. That's wrong. The the, the intent, the purpose of Israel at this point is to promote content in social media and search engines, including Google, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Yes, I've told you. You have heard it here. Uh, now, I want to go to Egypt. Egypt's got an election coming up, a presidential election. And I raised the question, and hear me please, does what's happening in Egypt at the moment foretell what is to occur someday in the United States? What is, is what is happening in Egypt today does it foretell what is going to happen in the United States in the near future, perhaps? I don't know. And I have to tie Donald Trump into this uh, because I, I just don't trust the man. He's an authoritarian. He's leading us. In, he's going to become a totalitarian. Uh, I don't care how you cut it, how much you may dislike that I say it, but he is Adolf Hitler. And he's getting everything organized. It wouldn't surprise me if we ended up with that kind of a government. Be that as it may. Egypt, as I said, has a presidential election in March also. Now, the present president, who wants to be reelected, how does he deal with his top opposition candidate in Egypt? He has him arrested. Last Tuesday, a week ago today, the president of Egypt had his opponent. His numero uno, his number one opponent, arrested not only the president, but the the presidential candidate, but his family and the, and 30 of his election staff and most of their families. And these people are all arrested. Can't campaign when you're being arrested or when you are arrested. Are being held in jails or secreted in places unknown. Now. The president of Egypt does not deny this. He does not deny it. He did it for the good of his country. His excuse 
It's part of the wide-ranging war on terrorism in Egypt. He had to do this. He's intimating that the opposition's involved with terrorism. By doing this, he's protecting the citizens of Egypt. And that, in a sense, okay, is what Trump uses as an excuse when it comes to immigration. We're fighting terrorism. We've got to protect uh, the people of the United States from terrorists coming in. Well, this is a problem, no question. But the real reason is not the terrorist issue as regards Trump. He just doesn't want new people coming into this country, especially people of color. His 35% that support him want to keep this country white. Okay, they don't like the fact that most of the immigrants right now are persons of color. And that's the story there. So we now go on to something interesting, something light. So far, it's it's heavy. Every week it's heavy. I've decided to throw a couple of things in tonight's show uh, that I hope you'll find enjoyable. I do. you ever hear of the Lone Ranger, hi-ho, silver away? Tanto, Kimosabi, and there's silver standing on the mountaintop with the sun shining on him. Anyhow, this day in 1933, the Lone Ranger deb- debuted on a Detroit radio station. First time this day in 1933. Two guys working at the station made up the story. They made up the Lone Ranger. They made up Tanto, his Indian friend. They made up Silver the Horse. They made the whole thing up. These two guys also threw the William Tell Overture in. You've heard it. The the, the music back musical background to the show is the William Tell Overture. And you always hear several times during the show, a hi-yo, Silver, and away. Hi-yo, Silver, away. Don't think I'm crazy, folks. I love this. I listened to this show on the radio when I was a kid. I watched this show on television when it hit television in the 50s. And then when it was on TV in the 60s, I watched it with my children. Big, big. This show was big. Uh, It became the most popular Western. He became the Lone Ranger, the most popular Western hero of the 20th century. And there was a reason for it. You have to understand. He was a good man. He was a man of virtue. His character He did not smoke. He did not swear. He did not drink alcohol. He used grammatically correct speech, no slang, and he never shot to kill. Now, how can you beat that, huh? He was part of ABC. He was ABC's first big hit on television. It came again in the early 1950s. The show went on into the late 1960s, and then it was no more. It disappeared from television. If they ever rerun the series again, look at a show or, or two. It's schmaltz. You know, it's, a, it's, it's just too good to be true. Good being the operative word. But he always puts, it was an interesting show, The Lone Ranger and High Old Silver Away. Moving on. I want to talk about the waste of money in government. I got two examples here. I have two examples that came up this week, and you've got to find them very interesting. Uh, Trump keeps telling us we need money for the military. I won't disagree because we've let it go over the years, or we have invested our money poorly. And I'm going to give you uh, the first example here is a waste of money. 
poor waste of money, a shameful waste of money. Our Navy needs to be built up, okay? Needs to be built up. We can't compete right now with China. Six years ago, China's Navy was behind ours. Today, China's put so much money into the rebuilding of their Navy, they now have like 550 combat vessels. We don't compare. I think our number's around 350. Ours are mostly aged. Theirs are not. Here's the story. The Navy said, well, we've got to build a new, big, super-duper stealth battleship. You know, the biggest in the world. Nobody's going to touch us. In fact, we need 32 of them. These were the plans that went through Congress, through the House of Representatives. It took several years. And it turns out each of these ships costs money to build. First, $10 billion went into research for these ships. Now they want to build 32. Turned out each one would cost $4 billion to build. Well, we can't spend that kind of money, Congress said. That's too much money. Can't build 32 of these ships at $4 billion apiece. So they decided only to build three. Now, the first one is built. And I can't explain this to you, but this is how it's reported. <laughs> it's frozen to the side of a dock in Canada. That's right. It's frozen to the side of a dock in Canada. It's immobile. The second one is being built in Maine. It's almost finished. They expect a launching in the coming weeks. It is called the USS Michael Mansour, the Michael Mansour. Now, the planned purpose of these big battleships, and the pictures are unique also. I, it, I can't describe how this thing looks. It doesn't look like a normal battleship. It looks like a huge piece of metal floating on the water, huge high piece of metal. Anyhow, uh, They've got big cannons on these on these vessels, huge cannons. And the purpose was to be able to shoot missiles 60 miles onto a target. The, the ship was built, or these three ships are being built with the intention of shelling, for example, an island before the Marines are going to land. Instead of the ships being close where they could be hit by uh, either airplanes or ground fire, uh, from the island, from the opposition, uh, they're 60 miles out, and they can plunk those missiles right down where they have to, and then the boys can go in and take the beachhead, our soldiers. Uh, good idea. Now, don't forget, they spent $10 million planning this thing, researching it. Uh, these shells, it turns out, that they're going to shoot, okay, cost $1 million each. Each missile costs $1 million. There are only two guns like this on the ship, by the way, on the battleship. But they shoot 600 rounds, okay? 600 rounds it shoots. Now, imagine what I'm saying here. It shoots those 600 rounds swiftly, and if each shell costs $1 million, that means every time they shoot off a magazine of these missiles, it costs $600 million, and they don't shoot off just one magazine. They're there to do a job. Great idea. Too expensive. So the ship that was designed with two cannons, in effect, my terminology, to shoot missiles 60 miles, that were very expensive missiles, they were going to be used, again, for bombarding 
a place where troops were going to land thereafter, but from 60 miles out to protect the vessel. They have now decided that instead of doing that because the the missiles cost a million dollars each, they're going to downgrade or downsize the ability of these new battleships that haven't even hit the water yet, in effect. They're going to downsize them, so they will be pursuing and engaging in battle with other ships, with other ships, okay? Okay, we'll save money, different function. Don't forget, spent $10 billion initially researching this whole thing. The only trouble now is we don't have the new anti-ship missiles required to be fired from the new guns, the way the new guns are being restructured on these battleships. We don't have the missiles. And we won't have those missiles for several years. It'll take that long to plan, design, etc., and get them produced. Now, if that ain't a waste of money so far, I don't know what is. I don't care we spend $4 billion on a ship. We need these things to protect our country. But let's make them usable. Let's make them effective immediately and not several years from now. And we don't read about this. Who's the horse's ass? Who are the horse's asses who design these battleships, who design these cannons, these guns, the initial missiles for bombardment? And now we're going to make it an anti-ship ship, but we don't have the new missiles. And those are going to take several years to get out. Crazy. Now let's go down to something we can understand even, we can understand easier. Uh, They need a new refrigerator on Air Force One. Air Force One needs a new refrigerator. Now, you have to understand, uh, you know, refrigerators are sort of expensive, but they last forever. My God, I I still have a refrigerator I bought 20 years ago. Paid a lot of money for it, five or $6,000. A lot of money at the time. I can't remember the name of it. It's one of those super-duper brands. Uh, It did everything but cook. (laughs) Uh, And it's still good. Well, the refrigerator, the new refrigerator that's presently being designed for Air Force One will cost $24 million. Do you hear me? $24 million. Uh, now, why? Well, it's 70 cubic feet, and it needs to be able to keep food, to maintain food so it can be eaten, to keep it cool, to keep it frozen, whatever it's got to do. For several days, because you have to remember, if there is a war, it's conceivable we may have to keep our president up in the air for several days because there's no place for him to land. There's missiles dropping every place on the United States. This, if you recall, uh, when 9-11, Bush, too, was stuck up in the air for almost a day. They didn't want him to come back to Washington. And so they need a bigger refrigerator because the present one, not bigger, same size. The present one doesn't stay cold all the time, and it's not preserving and cooling the food properly, all right? Uh, And guess who's going to make this? (laughs) Boeing. Now, recall when Trump got elected. They're making right now, uh, Boeing is making for the United States a new Air Force One. It should be ready in about two years or three years. 
Uh, I forget what the projected price was. Trump said right away, too much money. He had Boeing come on their hands and knees, the, the principles of Boeing, hat and hand, sit down with them and agree. They had overcharged in effect, and they came up with a new price that Trump found acceptable, and he said, see how I can save money for you. All right, so Boeing, but Boeing got the new contract. Actually, it's $23,657,671. By the way, Washington, D.C., a little tidbit of information, has 11,600 homeless persons. $24 million can feed 11,600 homeless people in Washington, D.C. for one year. I want to come to something local here and share it with you. Irma, Hurricane Irma, we still have a problem. Irma hit us here in the, in the Keys and in Florida uh, on September 10th. Now, a hurricane comes in and it goes. Rarely do they stay more than a day. Generally, they come in for three or four hours and they're in and they're gone. Okay? Uh, Key West got hit, but not as bad as we anticipated, but 16 miles up the road in Cudjo Key and going north to Marathon, whatever that thing was that came through was very strong. They say maybe it was a tornado as part of the hurricane. It demolished the area for about 40 miles. I mean, houses totally down. I've been through it several times. Refrigerators. I saw a refrigerator in a tree on a branch. Two branches laying sideways, 15 feet up in the air. Boats in the middle of the road. Everything. Destruction like you would not believe. FEMA did a good job. The state of Florida, Governor Scott did a hell of a job. I never admired the man until this, this hurricane. He did a hell of a job. And the county of Monroe, where Key West is located, did a hell of a job. I mean, everyone was out there pitching. People were helping, not just governmental workers. People were helping. Uh, and we got things pretty well organized, and there are still people who don't have homes. FEMA's running out of money. They're not coming up with the money swiftly. There are people up there still sleeping in tents, which is wrong. I want to deal with the debris problem. There's always debris. You got trees down. You got houses down. You got boats down. They're all broken up, and you got to get rid of them. You can't leave them laying on the ground on the side of the road. And they've had a mammoth. Uh, a mammoth operation to get rid of the debris. They first had all the debris pushed to the sides of the road on the on the side roads, and then someone would come along and pick up that debris and go to US-1, our only main road in the Keys, and put the debris there. And then another group would come with trucks and pick up the debris from there and drive it north someplace. There is so much debris, they can't complete the job of removing debris, and they're doing it every day. Not so much here in Key West. We got our debris, I'd say, 98% cleaned up. But you go that 16 miles up to Keys to Cudjo and then move up through America, into Marathon, Big Pine, Isle Morada, uh, Summerlin. The debris still on the side of the road, on the, sides, on the side roads and on the main road. Not enough capacity to get rid of it. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm saying that's how bad the storm was. The, the, the quality of the storm, the strength of the storm was unanticipated. No one expected this kind of damage and still working at it. That's the way it goes, I guess. 
want to talk to you about Cortland Sykes. You're going to love this. Cortland Sykes is his name. And this is for the ladies. Uh, Cortland is a Republican candidate. He's a candidate for the Republican nomination for the United States Senate from Missouri. The present senator is Claire McCaskill, a Democrat, a woman, obviously. Claire is one tough lady. Now, he's a male who wants to unseat a female. If he wins the nomination, and they don't know, he's running second right now in the, in the Republican race, it's going to be a battle of the sexes. They've already engaged orally back and forth. Now, here is what uh, our friend Cortland Sykes expects expects from his fiancée. He's not married yet. He's engaged. And what he thinks of women. And I'm going to run through these. You're going to smile. He wants a wife that when he expects his fiancée, when she is his wife, that he can come home in the evening and have a cooked dinner waiting on the dinner table precisely at 6 o'clock. It will be a dinner his wife fixed. He wants daughters. And his daughters, he wants them to learn how to cook and fix a meal. He wants his daughters to be traditional homemakers and family wives. In other words, stay home, don't work, take care of the house, take care of the kids, take care of your husband when he comes home. He wants a Norman Rockwell world. He, he, he says about women, women have, and I quote, snake-filled heads unquote, snake-filled heads. I couldn't figure out what he meant by that. As to his daughters, this is a beauty, as to his daughters, he don't want them to grow up into career-obsessed banshees. He doesn't want them to become career-obsessed banshees, okay, who forego home life and children, now watch what I'm going to say, and I'm quoting, to become manophobic, hell-beat, feminist, she-devils. I'm going to repeat that. He doesn't want his children, to, his daughters, to grow up into career-obsessed banishes who forego home life and children to become manophobic. Never saw that word before. Hell-bent, hell-beat, feminist she-devils. With regard to Hilton Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton's loss, uh, he thought that was the end of the radical feminist movement, and he still believes it has ended. Uh, he told a Washington Post interviewer that he fully supported women and he didn't believe that his statements were demeaning to them. Uh, he also conceded that there are some women who have amazing careers, but they're a handful and they can do it. And you know who his two stars are in the, these women who can have amazing careers and should be celebrated, he says. Kellyanne Conway and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Kellyanne Conway and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. He also said big media has become, watch this, too many dumb blondes and too many leg dangles. I can't say legs dangling because he said, and I quote, too many leg dangles. As to feminism, he said that, and I quote, the radical drug and communal happy vision 1960s. That's what feminism was the radical drug and communal happy vision 1960s. He also supported and defended Roy, defended Roy Moore in the Alabama election. The guy likes pedophilias, uh, but he doesn't like today's normal, everyday woman. 
want to talk about money quickly. My time is running out, but I want to talk about money, money and politics. The Koch brothers, they're rich than richer. You know it, and I know it. And this is an example of the rich getting richer. They spent $20 million supporting the passage of the new tax law, okay? It is estimated that the new tax law will save them $1 billion to $1.5 billion in taxes alone. They spent $20 million. They saved a million to a million five, a billion to a billion five. Not a bad investment. Good investment. Also, the Koch Network, the Koch Network, the day after the tax bill passed in the House in December, made a $500,000 contribution to Speaker Ryan's campaign account. Okay? Now, that's a good return on investment also. That's not how government should be run. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Money is buying our legislators. It has to be influencing them. There can't be any question about it. Anyhow, staying with the bank. Let me go to Bank of America. Banks are pigs. They gave us 2008, and they never paid for it. I consider them whores and pigs. Bank of America, as a result of the new tax law, okay, will be get a tax break of $3.5 billion a year. In the last quarter of last year alone, forget the new tax law, their profit was $2.4 billion. Okay? They are cutting out a free checking account, uh, an online checking account, to poor people use it, free online checking account. You have to pay for it now, unless you have a direct deposit of at least $250 per month or maintain a balance of at least $1,500. What horrors. That's the show for this week. Uh, I'm running out of time. Hope you enjoyed. I'm running to the TV set now to pick up the middle of uh, Trump's uh, talk, uh, State of the Union. Go buy my book, Ermer and Me. It's selling. I love this. People are reading it. It's the only book on the hurricane. You will enjoy it. It has happy and sad moments. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.